0: You know, Mike, it's funny that we're sitting here about to have a conversation about cryptocurrency in a legitimate way, which I didn't think we would ever really do.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a couple of quiet years, but uh, it seems things are picking back up a little mm-hmm, bit now.
0: For sure. <laughs> so welcome to UBS Trending. Mike, it's good to be with you. And I, I, think, I think, obviously, to pick it up, Many of our viewers might be aware that there is a crypto ETF that recently launched. Why don't you? Why don't we start there? Because I think that's the real basis of why we're having this conversation today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. It was a relatively big news item, um, and in fact, in terms of the details, it's January 11th. Uh, the SEC approved the first spot market Bitcoin ETF. Um, so, just want to you know caveat a couple things here. It's not the first crypto-based ETF that you know, it has been approved. It's the first one that tracks the spot market, not the futures market. The difference is there being that it's typically gonna be cheaper to track the spot market because you don't have to pay for, um, you know, rolling futures contracts continually. Uh, And then the other aspect there is that a spot ETF will uh, kind of broaden access out a little bit. There are some uh, more regulated investors in the marketplace that are not able to uh, purchase instruments that follow futures-based pricing. Um, so this would you know, allow them to get involved as well. But I will say the more interesting thing about the launch is that um, you know, just prior, so about 24 hours prior, everybody was expecting you know, this announcement to come you know, the end of the day on the 11th. It's the end of the day on January 10th, right around market close when people would be expecting some news from the SEC. And lo and behold, the SEC's official Twitter account comes out and says, Boom, spot ETFs, spot Bitcoin ETFs, excuse me, are approved. A few minutes later, Gary Gensler, from his personal Twitter, Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC, replies back to that tweet and says, no, 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 no hold on. Our Twitter account got compromised. This is not actually true. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So there was a little bit of market volatility, yeah. as you can imagine. Um, you know, that was... And, interesting and an entertaining saga for for those 24 hours, but they ended up being approved 24 hours later when everyone expected them. Um, But, you know, there's always some drama going on in this space. A lot of history with Twitter
0: being entertaining more than informational. That is true, certainly. And I don't know if I would believe everything I read on social media, especially when it comes to something like this. But it's interesting because, you know, you talk about it being, it's tracking now sort of spot. Mm -hmm. pricing, which a lot of people out there might think, oh, I know about spot pricing when it comes to commodities like gold and silver, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You hear about spot gold and all those things. So it it is being treated more, I should say, crypto as a category is being, uh, being treated more like a commodity now.
1: So, there's definitely some nuance in there, and I don't want to, you know, bore our listeners with the details here, but- You're never boring, Mike. (laughs) Go go for it. So, in terms of the distinction between commodity and security, um, you know, there's an ongoing kind of battle in terms of which regulatory agency has oversight, and it actually matters what each, you know, call it crypto, is classified as commodity versus security, because the SEC oversees securities markets which the Bitcoin ETF is a security. That being said, Bitcoin itself, akin to gold or silver, has been recognized as a commodity. So the CFTC is the regulator of that market. Right. So yeah, there
0: is an important distinction. There. Right, it's not on the NYMEX, like the Mercantile Exchange, where you see, or the CME, where you look at, uh, you know, Trading and that's commodities. Where you'll find
1: Bitcoin futures. Exactly.
0: Bitcoin. So very interesting yep. nuances. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's interesting for people who are interested to understand. So let's I mean, market reaction clearly was, it didn't seem like it went that well once it was launched, despite the Twitter fiasco. But once the kind of ETF was officially launched, if you looked at the individual prices on Bitcoin and all the other cryptos that are out there, they kind of fell.
1: Yeah. Uh I, you know, we're, we're still kind of looking at it. We're less than a couple weeks out here. Um, Lot to
0: digest, obviously, in that. There,
1: there is, but, you know, it's a 24-hour market, the underlying market. It's fast moving. So I think for the most part, we've gotten the read through, which is that this was a kind of buy the rumor, sell the news event. Right. So, you know, again, this was a really telegraphed approval. You know, we, we knew basically a few months ago based on a court case in the space, it, it left the, ha- the hands of the SEC relatively tied. Um, so many in the market were anticipating this approval ahead of time. It's, uh, I'm assuming that they were accumulating up until the approval time. Once the approval hit, they said, all right, let's take some profit. Uh, and what I think is actually really interesting there is that while the Bitcoin uh, prices actually fell upon approval, we saw what I'd almost quote as a rotation from Bitcoin, the largest crypto into Ether, which is the second largest. So Bitcoin was down and Ether was up. And mm-hmm. I think some of this is is kind of those people that were accumulating ahead of the ETF decision are going to try to run the same playbook in hopes that there might be an Ether ETF, you know, at some point later in the year. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, it's, it's funny. I remember talking with our own colleague, Kevin Deneen back in twenty. 20- 18, 19, because yeah. uh, back then when crypto was hot, 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 and Bitcoin seemed like everybody was, you know, becoming a millionaire or yeah. billionaire trading in crypto, we were wondering, is there an opportunity here for investors, especially our clients at UBS? And at the time, we said no, because there's really no store of value. You know, you can't really, no, none of the federal, you know, you know, uh, you know, global the banks regulators, regulators yeah. are even considering it as a currency. So exactly. it's so it's an interesting kind of flip to see that this is happening now especially after sort of like the, the, the shine came off a little bit from crypto. I think people were hot on it like 2019. And then again, it rallied in 2021 and it had an abysmal year in 2022. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's fascinating to watch the market.
1: It, it definitely is. And, and it's actually one, one thing you mentioned there I think is really interesting is we've kind of come full circle when you think about what Bitcoin was originally trying to do, which mm-hmm. was you know, a decentralized peer-to-peer currency that needs no intermediary. Now BlackRock's going to end up owning, you know, the lion's share of Bitcoin because of their ETF, and right. it's all through another centralized, you know, existing, you know, party. So it, it's very interesting when you think about the ethos behind the original creation of Bitcoin and kind of the financialized product that it, it's really come to represent today.
0: So what's what's the view here at CIO? I mean, I. I I, I know, but I want to give you the floor yeah. to tell our viewers what our view is right now on this ETF, the, or at least the market for yeah. Bitcoin and crypto ETFs.
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll broaden it out and just talk kind of yeah. crypto more generally. Um, and, and the CIO view, the house view, is really that we continue to struggle to see the real fundamental use case that will you know, rationalize some of the price action that we're seeing. Um, so that part
0: of the story really it, hasn't, it hasn't changed, changed all that much. Really,
1: that's right. that's it. It's like our view, and eh, no, no big difference, you know, right. now versus a couple of years ago when we were saying the same thing at market peak in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a you know show me what you got kind of situation. Um, you know, I will say that we definitely see value in the underlying technology, the distributed ledger technology that kind of underpins Bitcoin and, and other blockchains and other cryptos. Um, but we think that you know investors that are interested in the space should look to uh, kind of existing companies that are leveraging the technology itself um, rather than playing in the crypto space. So you know specifically companies that are um, growing you know new business lines because of the technology, companies that are gaining market share versus competitors, uh, companies that are cutting you know back office expenses, you know things that are going to improve you know, existing firms' bottom lines. You know, it's it's a really powerful technology for firms that are able to tap into that. They can see real value. And yeah. so that's where we think investors should be focused yeah,
0: on. Yeah, and it seems like blockchain really is only in its maybe first or maybe just approaching its second phase of use. And I think there's so much opportunity there. That's a whole other conversation, okay. talking about the uses of blockchain. But I mean, think about all the technology companies and obviously CIO here we're very big on like talk looking at artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and those kinds of disruptors. But even in the medical space, so much med tech can be used between blockchain and, mm-hmm. and the AI component of that. There's a lot of opportunity in those areas. It doesn't yeah. have to be sitting in exactly. ETFs you, for Bitcoin. If you
1: have a database that is kind of publicly accessible and that you can't change, which you know immutability—that's one of the key aspects of you know this DLT, the distributed ledger technology—is you know that can be incredibly powerful yeah. for for firms. Like you said, you know medtech, it can be incredibly powerful. You know if we're looking at supply chain management, you know all of these different types of complex, you know, high demand type functions that really support, you know, the day-to-day business activities of all these major firms. Um, but I do want to, I want to touch back on, you know, you asked kind of what CIO's view is. And, Please, yeah. And the real kicker here, and this is, I I have, I continue to struggle to this day to, Uh, you know, really drive home the volatility associated with this asset class. It's something that, you know, everybody hears about, you know, oh, look at this volatility, look at the drawdown, you know, compare it to this, compare it to that. But I find that most people without experiencing it really fail to understand how meaningful the volatility is. So looking back, you know, over the past 10 years alone, Bitcoin price has fallen over 70% three times in 10 years. That's pretty crazy and we would not, you know, expect that of any other asset class.
0: Exactly. Like, look at any major indexes. You don't see those kinds of drops unless there's some m- major recessionary period like maybe we saw in 2008 and nine. But those are few and far between.
1: Even that didn't come close. Not close it's, to 70%. It's, it's crazy. And so, you know, actually the, the chart that, that I'm showing here now is um, a real apples to apples comparison of the S&P 500 versus the Bitcoin price. Yeah. So. Um, You know, what I did here is I kind of shifted the timelines around a little bit. So the S&P 500, you know, this starts right at the uh, pre-COVID peak. So March uh, of 2020. So right before, you know, we got the little COVID crash. Um, And then I'm showing here also the Bitcoin price from its November 2021 peak. So, you know, peaks for both, same date. And, you know, we're looking at how many months it took for them to recover. And so you can see here, you know, the S&P 500 recovered in just a matter of months, really. Bitcoin's price from November 2021, here, here we are, over two years later, we're still, you know, 40% plus off of the peak. So right. it's got it's, that
0: chart up right now, and it is fascinating to look at the disparities between the two. It's
1: crazy, and it's not even just, you know, it's, it's not just the drawdown and the recovery, it's how much time you spend That's right. underwater. So multiple years where you are sitting on huge, huge losses... And that is really, really hard to stomach. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that most investors, you know, are likely to sell out of the position at a loss, you know, rather than try to stomach it for however many years it could continue.
0: Yeah. So let me just wrap, let's wrap it up really quickly here, Mike, and we only have about a minute left. For investors out there who are, say, at least interested in, you know, look, we all want diversified portfolios. That's what we recommend. So somebody says, you know, I'm going to diversify. I'll play a little bit in this ETF space with these cryptos. Um, obviously it's not for everyone and I would recommend everybody talk to their own advisors to find out if this is appropriate for them and some of the you know sort of the the limits and what mm-hmm. you need to get into these things. But what do you recommend right now? What's the case for investors here?
1: Oh the case for investors And that's a
0: loaded question, but
1: yeah, it is look I, and and I think you made a couple points there. you know it, it can improve diversification in the portfolio, but again, Even just improving that diversification. So let's let's use an example. Call it a 60-40 stock bond Mm -hmm. portfolio, you know, pretty pretty standard. Yeah, exactly. If we took 10 call 10% of that bonds and put it into Bitcoin. So you have 60 stock, 30 bonds, 10 Bitcoin. The portfolio volatility you'd experience increases over 50%.
0: Even with that small 10% allocation.
1: Over 50% increase in volatility. And think about this as well. Recently, Bitcoin has had a positive correlation with equities. So, you know, how much that diversification benefit you're actually getting, it, it's hard to say. And, you know, the, the correlation will change over time. But, you know, recently, it's been moving in the same direction. So, you know, it's, it's a tough case to make. I yeah. would say.
0: And like you mentioned, there's a lot of volatility. I, I don't think anybody who's watching this doesn't know that. We've all seen it for the last couple of years. But Mike, thanks. I know this conversation will certainly continue as this becomes even more of a pervasive topic, but good to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, and thanks to our viewers for joining us. For more information, you can visit our insights website at ubs.com slash views and make sure to follow us on social media UBS as a firm. And of course, our studio here at UBS Trending is our dedicated Instagram channel. And for more information, please talk to your financial advisor who understand your investment horizons and obviously your needs. Until next time, I'm Anthony Pastori. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to keep your eyes on what's trending. Thanks, everybody. See you soon.